Oh, jeez. Oh, so Luke's gonna hear this? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me be right what I said. Yeah, assuming the, uh... I feel like the battery always dies, like, when you it don't want it. it like, every other week. I don't know. Sunday, super fun times. Um, thank you to Jeremiah, Allie, and Doug for volunteering to participate. Um, so, for those of you who have not experienced the panel, which I think most people here have, um, this is just an opportunity for members of our community to per, um, to share their story, kind of just their kind of story of how they joined this world and have been part of it, and then also um, just a little background on their religious upbringing and then what has brought them to bloom. So with that, I can start with you guys and feel free to answer, not answer. Um, sometimes it ends up just kind of going in a bit of a round and so, um, and speak up just because we don't have microphones um, just so people can hear you, but we'll just kind of start with the basics of your name, your relationship status, um, and where you live and where you work. as I saw it was married slash dating slash kids and I was like well all the above no okay <laughs> so, so my yes. name is Jeremiah Ellis and I'm married to Akua and we have a son who's usually here they're, um, they're at a birthday party Ooh. what kind of heathen neighbors do I have that would schedule a birthday party uh, at on a Sunday morning um, and we live in the Como neighborhood in St. Paul of Lexington and uh I work at an organization called Generation Next. We're, how, we're downtown Minneapolis, Housing United Way. 
focused on uh, closing the education gaps, uh, leveraging partnerships uh, with philanthropy, school districts, and community. Can you, um, so then two more things just about yourselves, but some of your, or all of your passions, um, and then something we wouldn't know about you. All of our passions, huh? Well, Yeah, I, um, I'll start. I um, enjoy uh, film, uh, music, uh, spending time with the kids, um, trying to pick up banjo again. I uh, set it on the shelf when, I, when the kids were young and, and I started school and haven't picked it back up, so I'm trying to reincorporate music in my life. It's been a bit of a challenge, um, but I'm, I'm swearing I will get there. Uh, Something you don't know about me. What's to know? Um, I've had kind of a weird career path, I guess. I was um, a doctoral student, um, then I became a stockbroker for a time uh, for a firm that got shut down by the SEC. Um, <laughs> a lot of fun there, a lot of long story. Wow. Um, was an IT person for a while, went to law school, uh, practiced as an attorney for a couple of years, and now. Uh, I'm not even sure what my current job entails. I just tell people I'm a farmer. <laughs> it saves me from having to explain it. But I'm a, I'm a legal technology project manager, and, and maybe this one will stick. Who knows? Um, I love reading, which is why I'm an English teacher. I, I've read 17 books this summer. Um, and I, like a true millennial, love Netflix. So I watch a lot of TV. And I like to work out. I do yoga like four times a week, and I like to ride my bike. Um, I once rode my bike all the way across the state of Iowa in a week. So, uh, <coughs> and something you might not know is that I have a terrible fear of birds, like a really, really intense fear of birds. Uh, <laughs> and it's I, I'm getting better with maturity. But I am terrified. Like one time, a, a bird flew into our school, and I was—it was after school. I was like the only teacher around, and then there were students, and I was like, "I'm so sorry, you guys, but I have to go hide in the office. You guys have to take care of this." <laughs> so these students had to chase the bird out, um, which is not my proudest moment. But yep, yep, terrified of them. The flapping. <laughs> so I am passionate about uh, genealogy and history, uh, and uh, it's coalescing kind of in like St. Paul, Minnesota history. Like, I'm just excited about it, um, and bringing people together is also something that's like important to me. Like, I think we there are a lot of disagreements among folks, but I like to find the, the commonalities and bring people together. Um, something you don't know about me, um, I biked <coughs> almost 50 miles within the last 15 hours. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I, uh, I got a call on, so I wasn't planning to do this like two weeks ago or last week. I got a call on Monday, uh, and this guy who's leading the tour, so he wanted He's leading the tour. That's our, it was last night, dark till dawn, uh, was, was kind of the title of it. 
and uh, he called me because he wanted to help me with the tour that I'm going to lead at the end of, or at the middle of next month. And he's like, well, you get to do the tour that I'm doing tomorrow, and I'm, or this week. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. And I'm, I'm feeling okay. Yeah. You look great. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go home and crash. Uh, I had a little Red Bull before I got here. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing good right now. One thing to share about Jeremiah, too, is that he's an avid Minnesota United fan. So if you have the opportunity to go to a game with him, it's mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah. I'm not so as excited. TJ is, is the avid yeah. fan. Yeah. I just <laughs> go for the cheering. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how they did yesterday. They won. Oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Mind blown. Okay, sorry. All right, I'm have TJ to was so happy. <laughs> he was so happy. Well, He's still residual ride. happiness, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> wow. Um, so then moving into a bit about just your religious upbringing, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you were raised um, in your faith, if you were? Or if it was something that you found later in life? Um, in my case, you know, we religious faith was sort of um, always there, but we weren't avid practitioners. We were raised in the uh, the Baptist faith. Um, my my mother's family, especially, they were pretty strong in it. Um, our family, yeah, we went Christmas, Easter. You know, it was something that was always there, but not something that we uh, practiced a lot. Um, later, I think, you know, when I got into college, I decided I was an atheist, and then I sort of mellowed into agnostic uh, shortly thereafter. But uh, those phases didn't last too long and uh, kind of, you know, came back to um, the Christian faith, you know, I think roughly about the time that uh, our first child was born. Uh, I don't know if those things had anything to do with each other, but maybe they did. Um, and I really was uh, not a, still not an avid practitioner. And uh, it was actually kind of my, uh, probably segues into the next question, but it was my, my wife being involved early on in Bloom that, that brought me into it. And I've been here since. I was raised Catholic. We were Christer Catholics, Christmas and Easter. <laughs> Um, but I got pretty into it when I was in like high school um, and so I would go every Sunday sometimes without my parents and I paid my way to the National Catholic Youth Conference twice in high school and I was like the I did the serving of the wine and the host um, and I went to Notre Dame my freshman year which is like the Catholic school and for a variety of reasons, by the end of my freshman year, I was no longer Catholic. Um, and I, I think I'm lucky that I didn't, I'd never had a big period of doubting Christianity. I just became disenchanted with Catholicism, which I think is usually not how that happens. So I feel pretty lucky that um, at the time I started to have questions. I met a pastor at a local Methodist church who, um, I mean, one time I mentioned that I liked the Bible that he gave his uh, kids when they, like, got confirmed at his church, and so he bought one and had all my friends sign it and gave it to me. Uh, So he was there in a lot of really cool little subtle ways like that, Um, and so I transferred away from Notre Dame, not because I wasn't Catholic anymore for other reasons, but 
um, that was kind of the, the break for me. And I went to a Methodist church then, and then non-denominational churches for the rest of college. Um, and had a really good church in Iowa, but it was kind of like Bloom. Um, but when we moved up here, we found Bloom after a long search. So I don't know. It was, I feel like I, I was a pretty intensely practicing Catholic, but I didn't really know Jesus until in college when I kind of left that particular denomination. I come from a very Christian family. Like, um, so my parents were ministers, in our, not the like head ministers, but they were led uh, outreach work it from our church growing up. Um, my grandparents started a church. My great grandparents started a church. Uh, house uh, not a, started in a house church, became a storefront church. Um, and like my five times great grandfather donated his land to the Catholic Church so that they could start a church in northern Minnesota. So I come from like church people. Um, and I, I, I guess I can't help it. Um, I have in my office at home uh, my diploma from preschool. And it was a very Christian preschool. And it talked about, like, so you have your name and stuff in the middle. But they've got little signs about what you were supposed to learn and about sharing and all that. And it was so much about Jesus and, and how God calls us to do certain things. I was like, wow. Like, it was so important for my parents that, that we have a Christian upbringing. Um, and so that's kind of what the, the base of where I, I started. Um, undergrad, I actually studied theology, uh, Catholic theology, and probably had I, I, I started to almost lean towards converting uh, or becoming Catholic um, because I understood it from like a, a different level. It wasn't like something I grew up with, but kind of it was more that intellectual, like thinking through, like it gave me some of the, the answers to the questions and some of the questions that, that uh, I didn't necessarily have. Um, dabbled in Unitarian Universalism for a while, and I found that to be a really like respectful place for that kind of searching, uh, figuring things out. Um, uh, so I went to a couple of congregations there, um, and have really landed on the importance of, of being in right relationship with one another. Um, less about how it. So a, a lot of the growing up church, I feel in in retrospect, was was about. Uh, how you feel about God, how you feel about your faith, and are you feeling, uh, and so anytime uh, the church becomes like a, a reaction to like a feeling, I, I just kind of, I, I don't like that. I, it, it maybe works for some people, um, but it's for me more about um, the actions that you do and the relationships that you're in with the people in your community, uh, in your, your faith community too. Christianity, are there specific examples that you can kind of provide about that 
Christian home, I'm curious, just kind of what you maybe wrestled with, and then Doug, too, even though you weren't a, a practitioner, even as you've been part of Bloom for so long, has there been times where you've had those questions or doubts? I can go first this time. Um, I think Jeremiah touched on something that was one of my core problems with my faith when I was a Catholic, um, and that's that I also am, I'm a very relationship-driven person, and it didn't, I didn't have strong relationships within the church, and everyone seemed to view church as like, do this so that this, like come to church on Sunday so that God will bless you in this way, or oh, you have a, you want a job, you want a job and you had an interview, make sure you go pray a whole bunch and then maybe you'll get it. And it felt very transactional. Um, and it felt like I was constantly trying to just jump through hoops. And it didn't feel right. It didn't feel uh, like maybe that's how it was supposed to be. And I just, I remember I was doing all these things for my church. And the priest didn't know my name. And so I just remember being like, and I kind of stood, I was like a 16-year-old girl who was like very active in the church. And went to public school, so you would think he would have been like, "What's this girl's deal?" But um, it just it felt kind of wrong, and so I think that that had me questioning. Well, is is that what religion is like? Is God just saying check these boxes so that you can get what you want in life? And if so, that doesn't that feels like a cheap relationship. That doesn't feel like something worth actively pursuing and pursuing hard because um, I wouldn't want a friend like that and so I struggled with that and I struggled with some of the teachings that were being um, like pushed as you have to believe this uh, I had my confirmation leader was going through a divorce her husband was alcoholic and he was an alcoholic and he had cheated on her and he filed for divorce, but in the Catholic Church, if you get divorced, you can no longer take communion, and you are no longer a spiritual leader because it's against the teachings. And I just remember thinking, she didn't ask for this. She's put up with so much. The only way she could have stayed an active church member was if she had tried to get an annulment. Uh, but she said she had two kids, and she and so her marriage was valid. She wasn't going to say that her marriage wasn't valid because it, it had been. Um, and just little things like that. I felt like, is this, like again, adding it to the list, well, shoot, she messed up, so now her list is, like, torn in half. Is that what that means? That, like, anything she did doesn't count anymore? And so... I think that I was in the middle of trying to grapple with all of this and all of the other things that Catholicism has been in the news for. Um, and it was leading me to question my faith. But, like I said, I was lucky in that I feel like Mike Morgan swooped in and saved my faith by showing me a different type of church and a different type of relationship with God. Um, and so... He really did, I think, help me to, to turn those questions. He let me ask the questions. He let me express things that I wasn't sure about. Um, and I think that I still, I'm much more comfortable in not knowing now. And 
I'm okay if if something doesn't feel right. That's just life. You're not always going to feel super connected to God or everyone around you. And I think that I now don't see it as like, well, then I, must, I have to go to church five times and say a Hail Mary every night. Um, so I don't know. I kind of went off on a tangent there. But I think I'll be brief. So uh, I think one of the places where I was struggling uh, with my faith early on was this idea of evangelism and um I went door to door a couple of summers, uh, talking to people about the the, the steps or the kind of the road to was it the Roman road and kind of the road to to becoming a Christian and and it it, it just didn't seem right after a while like it was it was uh, I don't know too um, I don't know, maybe transactional a little bit. Like, this is, like, the path that you have to take. And, um, and it was, it was about your, your faith or what you said. And for so much, uh, for, for me, it's like, people lie. And, you know, uh, words don't, it, it, it's not for me so much about what you say. It, it's, it's about the actions. And so I, I began to think, like, if I'm, on this person's doorstep and they go through this pathway with me um they, they don't know me but they go on this like they could they could be lying they could you know change their mind later on um and there's got to be more to it than just kind of where where you feel in the moment you, you've got to see some some fruit and some action out of uh, out of your your connection to the, the divine and kind of one another For me, I'm reminded of a story where um, W.C. Fields, at the end of his life, was in the hospital, and his friend came to visit him and found him reading the Bible and said, I, I didn't realize you were a religious person. And he said, I'm not. I'm looking for loopholes. And uh, <laughs> the, the idea, you know, the reason I mention that is, you know, the, the relationship between uh, works and salvation has been uh, kind of a lifelong challenge for me to understand that the idea that you know I mean in in law but in other fields you know we're, we're taught to think of extreme cases and we think of okay the, the, the lifelong murderer and crook who makes the deathbed confession and conversion uh, the idea that that person might be saved was a Gandhi who practiced um, exemplary works throughout his life but you know of course was never really Christian um, I think at one point he said he kind of was, but he kind of was everything. Um, the idea that the former might be saved and the latter might not, of course, um, is, is something that we you know, would, would find, I think, um, difficult to swallow. I sure do. Um, you know, my understanding is that it, it probably isn't quite that simple, um, but that is something that is, is kind of a, a festering thing in the back of my head is, can, can this really be right? know is, is that really how this all works but you know it's, it's something I'm still wrestling with um, and that's you know within the faith Out, outside the faith of course there's always the struggle of is this right is, is where's the fundamental truth of it all um, you know I, um, I have a friend who practices in Wisconsin and from time to time we get together 
and when I, you know, it came up in conversation, I didn't like witness to him or anything, but it came up in the course of a conversation that I was a practicing Christian, and uh, he replied, well, you know, I always thought of you as kind of a rational person. Mm. Why is that inconsistent? Why do you <laughs> see these things as mutually exclusive? And we went on for the next, we'd get together every so often and spend, you know, a, pretty much an entire afternoon and evening at some uh, bar in the middle of Minnesota and Wisconsin. And we spent two of our sessions just hashing back and forth. He expected me to be able to convert him or vice versa or explain to him, you know, what was the one salient moment that brought me. I'm like, there wasn't one. I I hate to disappoint you. And, um, it was extremely unsatisfied. I think we, at the end, we just decided we, we have to stop talking about this. Um, but yeah, that's it's certainly something that um, that I struggle with as well. Just you know, of course, what's the the fundamental truth of of, of all of this? And uh, you know, there's certainly the fact that uh, the Christian faith brings me and others um, a, a level of peace and comfort and understanding that I wouldn't have without it. Um, yeah, that that's great, but is that enough? Uh, you know, that 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 is an area of struggle. In the opposite direction, um, Allie, I know you've shared a little bit just about kind of what's happened in your life to change the way that you see faith. What other examples do you guys have about um, how you strengthen your faith? Like, what experience have you had that have kind of either solidified for you or at least brought some clarity around your faith? Um, I feel like all of that stuff that I, when I, I was with the right people at the right times and that helped. And I also think that I keep, I, no matter what I go through, I feel like I make it through. And to me, that is proof of God's hand in my life. Um, when I was in high school, I don't think I have shared this before here. I had an eating disorder and I made it through and I never actually got treatment. Um, and I honestly think it is because I stopped leaning on myself and I started leaning on God. And so, um, just moments like that, I feel like I've never, even when I'm at my lowest or I feel alone, if I lean on God, I, I'm always surprised in hindsight at making it through or uh, growing as a result. And so I just think that for me it's important that every once in a while I take time and reflect back and look at all the different blessings in my life and the things that have clearly been a product of something bigger than me as a person. Um, does that make sense? Like I, I see, I think my faith is strengthened whenever I take a second and I just look back and I reflect. Um, and then being around people because I'm very relationship driven, I think I can see God in others and I think that that strengthens my faith as well. That's kind of a vague answer. But. Um, in my case, I, um, you know, again, was an atheist agnostic in my late teens and early 20s, and I think when I got older and matured a little bit and uh, felt a little less uh, immortal and omnipotent, I'm sure I was an insufferable <laughs> jerk in those days, um, you know, I, my views towards um, 
my Christian background began to, to soften somewhat, and I began to sort of re-accept it. Um, I, I did kind of encounter uh, a, a bit of a crisis, um, maybe uh, 2010 or so, that it, it wasn't one of those hit the bottom of the barrel, find yourself drinking yourself to death, and, and you come to Jesus moments is rather a little bit more subtle than that. It was, it was a moment where I realized, you know, having the, the Christian faith and, and background brought me a lot of comfort at a time when I really needed it, and maybe this is something I need to explore a little bit more. Uh, so it wasn't a, a pivot by any means, but it, it was a bit of a turn, and I'm grateful for it. For me, when I um, went to undergrad and studied theology at a Catholic university, which uh, it, it opened my eyes. Like I had had this very narrow perception of what was Christianity or what was being uh, a faithful person, um, and then uh, it, it widened uh, that, that kind of study widened it to, to a kind of a broader set of people who have a religious experience. And uh, in the the wake of 9/11, having uh, similar sorts of conversations with uh, folks of the Islamic faith and sitting with uh, in Iftar, I think that kind of strengthened my ability to say, okay, this they, they believe a little bit differently, um, and it's it's for me and for them to be the best at who we are. So it's for the, the Christian to be the best Christian that they can be, uh, is, is, has been kind of my perspective. Um, but that was a struggle to get there. Um, I think the other thing in my life, uh, having a kid, uh, is is a trip. <laughs> uh, it. I, part of me wanted to believe that I could be everything that our child, our son would need. Like it, it was, it was on me to 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 help mold him, and um. He's taught me, and kind of life has taught me that it, it's not just me. Like there's a community around us that are a part of that. Um, Bloom being, being uh, a key piece of that, folks that just kind of love on him for who he is. Uh, you know, I, I, I come with a certain perspective and baggage and, you know, whatnot, but having to, to be, like, responsible for someone is, is easier knowing that I have got folks in, that are part of this community supporting me. It's, uh, <coughs> there's, a, I, there's a saying, I think it's Mon many hands make light work and caring for a child is heavy work uh and so i'm, I'm grateful for for many folks to, to be able to help guide him and us in into who he is uh so yeah that, that's kind of been a, a, a faith forming experience it's kind of a hard thing to accept too the idea that you know you yourself can't be everything mm -hmm. you yourself you know there, there's there needs to be more than just you. Having a kid definitely brings that into light. You know, when you consider the process, you know, all the things involved in this tiny working little infant and the idea that, you know, you, especially the man, but any any of us, like, we really didn't have a whole lot to do with that. Yeah. How did that happen? And then you kind of come to terms, I think, with, to an extent, your, your lack of completion and perfection, mm -hmm. you know. about Bloom, uh, we can wrap up this discussion and just kind of giving 
um, giving everyone kind of the story of what brought you here and why you stay. I mean, I know Jeremiah and Doug, you've been around for a while, and kind of what I think you touched on it with, with Asa, but what keeps you here, and um, and then what um, what ideas you have that might strengthen our community as well. What was the question again? No. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that uh, really keeps me in the community is is the sense of community we have. Um, um, having, I, I really think that, you know, were I to go to any other church around the cities, um, of course, they, you know, if I found one that I, that I really truly agreed with, it, it would be a, a fine place to be, but, you know, the, uh, the personal connection activities to strengthen those means a lot to me and it's, it's certainly the I think the main thing that, that um, ties me to bloom um, and as far as things we might do to, to strengthen that it's um, it's hard to come up with one you know we, we've got a, a lot of good activities that we do as a community um, you know I, I think perhaps um, we, we do have a book club and, and it, it really is great. Um, I think perhaps maybe uh, going through the Bible uh, together and, and just maybe attacking, uh, you know, book by book of at least the New Testament, maybe kind of, especially for someone like, like a, a Luke or, or a Hogan or someone who's got uh, maybe, a, or, or Jeremiah too, that, that's got um, maybe more <laughs> academic uh, exposure and background to it, their perspective could really be helpful, uh, I think, to me and maybe some of the rest of us, too. Um, we, like I said, we're really lucky we had a good church in Iowa, which made it very hard to find a good church in Minnesota, because I feel like when you leave something that you're really comfortable in and happy with, it's really hard to find that again. Um, so we looked at churches for a year. We would try different. I think we went to every church in St. Paul um, and probably Minneapolis, too. And we went to one for about six months, but it was a big, it was a big, big, big church. And we went for six months and we had not spoken to a single person other than to say hi and then sit down. Uh, And it was so lonely. Yeah. Coming from a church like this. It was, I, it was so lonely. We would just, I mean, we were like, how are we not meeting people at this huge church full of young adults? Mm. Um, and so we had just resumed our search and found Bloom Online, thanks to Google. And, thanks, Hogan. Uh, <laughs> the first time we came, it was outside. And we got here early, which is not a strong point of bloom. Yeah. And so we, <laughs> we were sitting in our car over there, and we were like, they've seen us. They know. They, like, saw us. Look, we have to get out. Oh, my gosh. And we went over, and I remember there was, I mean, there were, like, two people there. And it was so uncomfortable for about five minutes. And then very quickly we we were like, oh, I can see us here, and we just never stopped coming. I think the community um, 
and the, the strength of the relationships and the warmth of Bloom is what drew us. Um, it was like the opposite of all of the other church experiences we had here where we were like invisible or people would just gawk at you because they knew you were new but they didn't really care to find out why you were there. Um, I feel like immediately we were welcomed into the community, which uh, was great. So I don't know what to suggest. I feel like just continuing to have um, out of church things for the community to do to continue to strengthen that is the best thing for us to do. Um, I don't have any like great ideas. I would like to volunteer or something. I just can't during the school day. Um, but it would be fun to do do more community building stuff like that. I don't know. Um, we so we found Bloom after a, a lengthy search. So Aku and I were going to different churches before we got married, and I knew the church that she was going to was not going to work for me, and <laughs> the church that I was going to was, did not work for her. So I was like, all right, well, let's figure out a church that's going to work for us. Uh, and it happened to be about the same time the statewide referendum on whether or not we should allow uh, same-sex same couples to be married in Minnesota, uh, which is, uh, within the African-American community, quite... At least the, the experience that we, we had was uh, many of the ministers would, from from their, their vantage point, talk to the disagreement with, with that, that concept, and almost hatefully, and that just that really hurt, like, it's like, this is not going to work for us. Um, and so I had gotten the postcard when, where, from, I think, at, certainly before we got married, and so then we started to, to we looked and uh, visited. I thought Akul was not going to like it. Like, <laughs> it was like, we, we were still meeting at Central High School at the time, and it was dark, and uh, yeah, but after like the first time, she's like, we should go back, and I was like, really? <laughs> like, okay, I like it too, yeah, let's try this out again. Um, but yeah, we were, yeah, searching for Wade for a long time, um, but I think what keeps us here is uh, it's it's that intangible. It's like these these are these are our peoples. Uh, this is this is our tribe. This is the, the, the folks that uh, that we can go to uh, when when we need some help or when we talk or or just folks that are just good people that you know we don't have to worry about. I was going to say cussing in front of our son, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, That's well. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, chicken butt. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's just become part of who we are. It, it's become a challenge uh, moving away from Central and then us moving a little further north for us to, to, to move to... Ramsey and get here on time and then move here and get here on time but we we are managing I appreciate your uh, willingness to accept us when we show up halfway through the, 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 the time together um, back to my comment about uh, many hands making light work I think one of the ways so when I see the, the budget every week I, I think we've got to figure something out like I don't know how that works in the Dusik household, where if we don't make budget, they 
they don't have that that income into their household and I, we like the size of the church but we've got to figure out the right balance of do we grow membership in such a way that we can cover the budget or do we reduce the budget to to match where we're where we're giving and so that that's just kind of a, a, a Going back to many hands making light work, there, there's got to be a way to figure that out um, for the benefit of, 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 of Luke and, and the Dudley family who support us on a regular basis. I, that's kind of where, where my head is. I, I, you know, I think many of us are in the position where we can, we can call on, on our, our, our pastor to, to, to be there for us. And I, I, I want to say we can, as a community, our, our obligation, um, but I know that's not always easy for, for everybody, so, yeah, that's where my head is at the moment. And I don't know if everyone knows, but when we don't make budget in a month, Luke and Amy take the cut. Like, it doesn't affect, that's the first thing to go is Luke's salary, which he does not make much anyway, but I think, um, yeah, it weighs on us as well, so I appreciate you. Um, so, if, does anyone have any questions for these guys that maybe came up as they were talking or wasn't addressed, um, just because we want to torture them a little bit more? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Louis. Thank you so much for the nice words. <laughs> You're lucky because it's a smaller group. Yeah. Like, you know. don't have Brian or Kelly here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I texted her. I actually asked her not to come. Yeah. <laughs> Please stay home. Oh, can I cover that up? <laughs> no questions. You guys, Scott, you guys got up. Yeah. You just reminded me to, to make my payment. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Chris, I don't know if you remember, uh, if Luke were here, he might remember too, uh, Wade, the bearded fellow that was at my place the last time we had fights and in my yep. basement. Yeah, I, they, evidently his uh, wife, who's been uh, fighting breast cancer for the last 10 years, uh, finally passed away last night. Uh, so at some point, I imagine we'll close with a prayer, and if we could add something for, sure. for Wade and Camille. What's his name? Uh, his name's Wade. His wife's Wade. name's Camille. Two kids. 17, was he the one that had to leave 14. early? Pardon? Was he the one that had to leave early? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was. He was the one that was falling asleep. He had been. Um, uh, I guess his wife was sick the night before, sure. so he was kind of short on sleep. So too bad. Yeah, it was quite a blow. She'd been really. Um, he was a good friend. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to hear that. you guys I really I think it's always really amazing to see kind of how people have ended up where they are and what's brought them there and it's amazing I've been part of Bloom for I think six years this month and 
it never ceases to amaze me the common thread that seems to kind of um, carry through all of our stories. Um, and I always just, it, I feel the same way that you feel, Jeremiah. Like, these are my people, and I think I've always kind of um, felt that Bloom is a bit of a church of misfits, but we all seem to fit together, and I, <laughs> I love that. So, um, yeah, so I can close this in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this day, and thank you for um, not storming, even though I'm sure some of us would have liked to sleep a little bit more. Um, thank you for Jeremiah and Allie and Doug and for their willingness and vulnerability to um, share their story. And We just are so thankful for the people who, who have come to Bloom, who've been part of Bloom, who've even left Bloom and have been able to, to carry something from this place along their journey um, to finding something else. And we just pray for for those who aren't here today, um, especially Luke, who's going to be traveling back from California, I just pray for safe travels. Thank you for um, Ryan and Alexa. I know got married yesterday and that Luke was able to be there. And I just um, also just want to lift up Doug's friend Wade and his family um, and the passing of Camille and just pray for peace and I pray for strength and I just pray for space for them to be able to grieve and that they'll be able to to kind of do it in their own time and do it in the way that feels right to them and that you would just allow them that space and that the people who surround them will be able to to be the net um, that they need to hold them up um, during this time in your son's name that's warm it's all of a sudden yeah over there. Um, I know there's a new participant sign up, so if you um, are a participant or would like to become one, um, feel free to sign up for a slot um, throughout the fall. Um, when we meet at Ramsey, I believe it just entails showing up at 9.30 and then helping to set up. The chairs are usually set up already, but it's um, bringing stuff into the kids' room, um, helping Luke with setting up the sound, um, setting up like the treats and things like that. So it's not, it's not a huge obligation. It's just the opportunity to get there a little bit early. And again, to Jeremiah's point, many hands make light work. And the more we can kind of help in that way, uh, the easier it is for, for Luke and Amy. Um, I know Chris has, um, is trying to seek out who might be interested in a kickball game at some point in time, I think in the month of September. Um, so if you're interested, sign up. Uh, provide your contact information. There's also a Ramsey volunteer opportunity. You gotta cross off the first The one, first, right? yeah, the morning time. Um, I can't remember quite what the premise is, but I think it's on the sheet there. Um, is it the at the afternoon one on Thursday? That their one? morning one is not. Luke said to cross that one out. I think is it just the evening one now? Just the evening one. Okay. Yeah. What is the Ramsey? TJ thing? and I are doing it. In the morning? No, in the oh. afternoon. <laughs> the evening one. Okay. Yeah. What, what is but this? Luke, and Luke knows. Luke okay. knows? Okay. Yeah. Um, what is, does it say on the top there? Luke, what is it? I'm sorry. It's Ramsey Open House Volunteer. Oh, okay. Um, booth. Okay. So it's for, I think it's when the families come to, to sign up. And, okay. Uh, for the food that we distribute hmm. to them. Oh, uh, I think okay. That's, I think that's okay. what it is. So, but I don't, yeah. So Luke had checked and said that. Check her out in the morning. Okay. Just the five and seven. And you, Allie, and TJ, you are going to be there and look at that. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
I'll text him and make sure he knows. Okay. I'm going to write you down. And during the school year, there will I'm sure there will be a sign-up coming up soon, but we, I know Luke and John, have you done a Jeremiah? Um, the, the food distribution? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been able to because I work, but um, you guys go through, you pass out food to kids in their lockers, Yeah, correct? you slide them in their, their backpacks in their lockers. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, it takes an hour maybe, hour and a half. Um, well, it'll probably take a little longer this year, kind of, as we're getting the rhythm of who, mm-hmm. who, who gets it and mm-hmm. making sure there are kids on the list. But um, it's just a, a way to give back to the, to the school community. Um, many of the students are um, of lower income mm-hmm. and um, struggle with, with food security. So this is mm-hmm. just a, a way that, that we give back to the church, to the, to the space that, that lets us, you know, meet that. Isn't that bad? <laughs> it's not. It's strength in numbers, I find. Oh. 